Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Monday, June 14th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Some people are feeling anxious about returning to pre-pandemic activities. Nobody else can make that determination about what is acceptable for you in your life, but it's about you being able to do the things that you want to the way that you want to. We will have more about pandemic anxiety in just a few minutes. Missouri Republicans want to ride the momentum they've built in the state over the last few election cycles. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports on how some party leaders plan to do just that. In some respects, Missouri Republicans are in the opposite position as the national GOP. They now have control of almost all of the offices of note throughout Missouri and are hoping to expand their reach next year by taking over the state auditor's office. Republican officials like U.S. Senator Josh Hawley say candidates have to contrast what Democrats are offering with a hopeful vision for the future. We are on the verge of a renewal in this country, the likes of which I think we haven't seen in decades, maybe in more of a century. And the question is, do you believe it? But before Missouri Republicans can even gain ground, they'll have to defend a U.S. Senate seat that's currently held by Roy Blunt. In Kansas City, I'm Jason Rosenbaum. St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri's Republican governor has signed a bill banning local enforcement of federal gun laws. Mike Parson signed the legislation over the weekend at a Kansas City area gun store and shooting range. The measure allows local police departments to be sued and fined $50,000 for every violation. Republicans argue the measure is necessary to block enforcement of any new gun restrictions that might be enacted under Democratic President Joe Biden. Missouri Democrats say the law is unconstitutional and predict it will be struck down in court. A group of agriculture, business, and healthcare organizations is teaming up to try and increase COVID-19 vaccination rates among rural residents. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports. With vaccination rates in rural counties still lagging behind urban centers, there's more focus on changing the message to convince vaccine-hesitant people to get a shot. The effort includes the American Farm Bureau. President Zippy Duvall says farmers and ranchers already know the benefit of vaccinations. We all understand that as farmers and ranchers, the herd immunity really works, but we got to get to that 70 percent or higher level before we can feel like that we get to that point. Duvall says it's important that rural communities hear encouragement from people they trust, namely local farm organizations, religious leaders, and businesses with a presence in rural areas. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. An organization in Illinois is working to raise awareness in the state about a federal program to close the digital divide. The issue has come into sharper focus during the pandemic as more people rely on broadband services to work and study from home. The Federal Communications Commission is providing low-income Americans opportunities for discounted Internet access for up to $50. Angie Cooper of Heartland Forward says the inability to connect is a problem in rural and urban areas. Well, there are challenges in smaller communities or rural areas. The urban areas are experiencing the same type of difficulties, especially as it relates to cost. 
There are efforts to promote the program in Missouri as well. Department of Economic Development Broadband Development Director Tim Arbiter says the Internet is essential to stay connected and informed, especially after the pandemic moved more aspects of life online. About one in three Missourians are now fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Some are relishing the freedom to resume certain activities like dining out or gathering with friends and family. But others are struggling with anxiety even after they've been vaccinated. St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan spoke with Center for OCD and Anxiety-Related Disorders Director Allison Minotti about pandemic anxiety. Often when people experience anxiety, it's really about the unknown. And the pandemic has just been about uncertainty in its purest form. We've all been getting this information about how dangerous this virus is, how important it is for us to engage in these actions to keep ourselves safe and other people safe. And there's been some reasonable fear and obviously some anxiety about that. And that's just not going to change overnight because one day you get a vaccine. How much of this anxiety that people are feeling right now do you think is connected to decision fatigue, where we're just we're having to assess risks and make decisions constantly? It's definitely exhausting. Like that's what I'm hearing from a lot of people is that it's just like, gosh, every little decision, all of the decisions that we used to make that you just wouldn't even think about are now things that you had to really kind of prepare for and, and think about in advance. And to some degree, there might be some people that, yeah, just want to back away from it because that's what's easier to do is just not to figure out whether or not your kids should be in soccer because it's too exhausting having to weigh the pros and cons and experience the anxiety of, am I making the right decision? For some people, they might say, it's just easier not to put my kids in soccer right now. And again, to some degree, sometimes that's totally appropriate and and warranted, especially if it's situational, but it's always just about how far is that avoidance going and really are you able to do the things that you want to do and that you need to do. Where do we draw the line when we say this is a behavior or this is a set of behaviors that's becoming harmful to me? You know, I I think that that often really comes back to the individual person's perception of that. So for example, you know, somebody might say, I'm not able to go to the grocery store right now and I need to be able to do that. Or before I go to the grocery store, I need to do a lot of prep work and spend 10 minutes, you know, decontaminating my grocery cart. And so it's just really arduous and I have to do it in such a way that just isn't sustainable and just makes life really hard. And I often talk about things in such a way of like, it's a problem if it's a problem for you. Like nobody else can make that determination about what is acceptable for you in your life, but it's about you being able to do the things that you want to the way that you want to. And if something is getting in the way of that, then there's something you can do about it. For someone who is feeling this sense of anxiety and stress about trying to return to certain activities, what kinds of coping strategies might you suggest for them? In terms of, you know, reintegrating, I think it's really helpful to figure out what your goals for yourself are. Like, what are the most important things that you're trying to accomplish or that you you feel anxious about but want to be able to do? And then figuring out how you can take steps toward that. Basically, that boils down to this notion of taking it slow. 
you know, dipping your toe in the water, waiting until you acclimate to it, and then getting in the water a little bit more. What that looks like is going to be different for everybody based on what particular concerns they have and what's been difficult for them to do in their lives. So maybe it's, you know, keeping your camera on for more of meetings that you have. Maybe that's even the first step before you've been thinking about being back in person with people. Maybe once you get to that point, it's going to a store when you know it's not going to be really crowded and still keeping your distance and staying for a short period of time and just kind of starting to take steps closer to being able to do what you used to do. That was psychologist Allison Minotti speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. A big thanks to several colleagues who filled in on this podcast over the past week and a bit. That includes Ryan Delaney, who is now moving on to his next career chapter. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.